Good evening, everybody. This is Jay Black's Daily Diary, a podcast I do each and every day until I get tired of doing it. I don't want to brag, folks, but I just had one of them shows, you know. I was performing, uh, I guess it's kind of a late show for a Friday. Uh, Here's a little comedy inside baseball for you. Late shows Friday are difficult, uh, in part because uh, it's not, you're tired from the work week, but you want to go out and party. So, you, you know, it shows at 9.30, you start drinking at dinner. And, you know, you're, you're drinking from 6 on. You know, if you go to a happy hour, you're drinking from like 4.30 on. So the, by the time I get you, you are sloppy, sloshy drunk. So it's always, uh, it's always a crapshoot when you do a late show Friday because they might be in a place mentally. And uh, they, they might heckle. Or worse is when they're so inebriated, you can't even interact with them. You know, it's uh, it's like that one uncle you have uh, that, you know, is like three quarters of the way to cirrhosis of the liver. And it's just like I can't even talk to him because he's just too far gone. So it's always a crapshoot. But tonight it was a uh, very docile, happy, good crowd and uh, good in the sense that uh, they were with me with all the jokes, but they let me uh, improv. And that's my favorite. It's my favorite thing in the world to to be able just to talk to them like I'm talking to you guys. I I thrive on that. And you can't you can't really force it. You know, you want to be conversational, but it's hard uh, to force conversational on a crowd that sometimes needs to be beaten to within an inch of their life. If you listen to yesterday's podcast, I was you know the the. Uh, furniture store, not furniture, the lighting fixture store that I performed at, they needed to be beaten. I couldn't just talk to them because if there was one second of pause in between my joke and the punchline uh, or the punchline and the next joke, uh, they were going to fill it with uh, deli meat and chatter. So those those are difficult and I sort of enjoy the puzzle of those kind of shows. But uh, when you have a, a group of people that are just good, they're patient, they listen to you, you can really explore some fun stuff. And, you know, I not necessarily write new material on the stage, but there's something magical about creating a moment that could only happen with that crowd. And I don't mean manufactured moments, because uh, here's a little uh, inside uh, baseball as well. When a comedian goes out into the audience, unless they are, you know, specifically like a Robin Williams, but even Robin Williams, we often know what the answer is going to be. So if we ask a question, there's usually only three or four responses. And if we get something new, we just sort of like write a little something for that response. So talking to the audience isn't really improv. There's some element of danger to it, but not the way you think. Actual conversation where there's something interesting going on in the crowd and you can talk to them and create a, a unique moment. I'll tell a story. It's my podcast. I get to tell a story. I was down in Atlantic City and uh, Atlantic City can be dead, you know, especially this club that eventually went out of business. So, you know, it died. Uh, it was like a Tuesday and uh, the place had 19 people. And when the place has 19 people, sometimes you just throw the act away and you're just going to chat. Like, hey, what's going on, guys? What you, what's going on over here? So the woman in the front row, I ask her what she does, and she says, opera singer. 
And I have a lot of fun with that because, you know, it's not the 19th century anymore, right? And it's like, well, where, where do you work? Uh, is there a portal to the 19th century in a building and you just go out and go back in time and like perform when opera was something that people actually gave a shit about? And the crowd was enjoying it and it was a lot of fun. So after about 10 minutes with this lady, I turn to her husband and I go, uh, so what do you do to support her quote unquote opera career? And there is a pause and he goes, uh, well, I'm an opera singer too. So now I know that they're legit and not because the man said it. It just is, you know, if you're two people making a living at opera, you know, I've met a lot of actors whose spouse is the one supporting them. You know, they're not really actors in the sense of like successful, but these guys are legitimate. So I go, in my brain, I remember that like opera singers, like the thing about opera, and I, I had never been to the opera, but what I've read about the opera is the amazing thing about it is the voice can fill a room. So I say, to, I basically say that to him and I go, is that true? And he goes, yeah. And I say, well, I don't mean to put you on, uh, well, I said, would you sing for us? And he goes, no, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. And I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Now, the spotlight operator was expecting the guy to stand up, right? So he said, no. I said, I'm sorry. I don't mean to put you on the spot. And in that moment, he goes, wow, now I've got like a moment of comic timing that has never been equaled by any lighting operator in the history of America. I go, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Boom, spotlight comes down on him. And the other 18 people in the room go nuts. Like, yeah, now you got to sing your opera, dude. Uh, so he stands up and he starts to sing and it is, well, if you've ever seen, uh, uh, what do you call it? Shawshank Redemption. When Tim Robbins character locks the door and plays the opera for everybody. And, uh, you know, I think what is, uh, what does Morgan Freeman say? I don't know what that lady was singing about, but it sure felt like freedom or something along those lines. That's what it felt like. It was magical. It was spectacular. It was everything that you would expect from an art form that has lasted for 500 years or whatever. I haven't really read up on the history of opera, but let's say 500 years. It resonated. It filled the room and it filled our hearts and it was beautiful. Now he gets done, he sits down and the audience is just stunned into silence. And I say, uh, I'm done. I can't follow that. But I, I just want you to keep this in mind that you'll go maybe to a hundred more comedy shows in your life and you'll know that nowhere will this ever be repeated. This moment is unique to us 19 people and it was spectacular. And thank you, good night. And I still think about it all the time. You know, I think about the people who were at that show I, I gotta imagine they talk about it. Now, they don't know me. They're not sitting there going, oh, Jay Black's show. If they were, I'd have more than six listeners per episode. I'd have at least 18. Uh, but they I know they talk about that show, and I know they talk about that moment because it was perfect, it was unique, and it was special, you know? And how many of those do you get in a lifetime? And I honestly think that's the, you know... The second best part of my job. The best part of my job is that I get to feed the never-ending maw of my narcissism. But the second best part of the job is I get to be part of moments like that. Uh, I think more often 
than a regular person because of the the job that I have. And we had a couple of those tonight, and it, it felt great. So I just wanted to share that with you. Not everything has to be me complaining, folks. Sometimes I can just be in a good mood. I know, that's not why you come here for. You come here to watch me sometimes melt down into a blubbering mess of insecurity. Well, that's coming. Don't worry. I know the ups and downs of my brain. There's only so much Wellbutrin can do. Just stick around. Tell a friend about this goddamn podcast, will you? I'm really, I started this as just a diary, but now that we're up to like, you know, six or seven downloads per episode, I kind of want it to grow and I want it to grow organically. I want you to go out and tell people about it. Just say, hey, there's this crazy guy that just records his thoughts every day. And uh, sometimes they can be funny. Sometimes they can be stupid. But sometimes, you know, I, I drive at night. I just need a friend sometimes. That's what got me into trouble, folks. Late at night, I, I would get lonely and I needed friends. And uh, sometimes those friends came in the form of alcohol and uh, <laughs> methamphetamine salts. And uh, that wasn't good. But now my friends are you and you're mine. And, you know, let's get some more friends involved. Talk to you tomorrow, unless I get tired of doing this.